five years, four seasons, two miniseries. It all comes together in the epic finale of Moonbase Theta Out. Hello again, Moonbaseians. It's just too much to keep under control here. Our position is on the moon. We are in possession of the moon bases. That is where we intend to remain and despite you. I was trying to fix things. Get your fists up, Michelle. We're going to end this one way or another. There is nowhere on the moon that you can hide. We will be visiting your position soon. This message is for Dr. Ashrini Ray and Roger Brigado Fisher. Your messages have been received, and we recognize your struggle. Let's move. We could message everyone, everywhere. What did I miss? Sorry, love. It's a busy day at the end of the moon. We've been through the end of so many things, but we're still here. Moonbase Theta Out, the series finale, August 20th and September 3rd, And I'm Tepper Ajabian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all. There's, There's no, no such, such thing, thing as, as bad, bad food. food. That's new. We've never done that one together We've before. Never done I like that. It. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> before we begin, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So a little housekeeping here right out the top of the show. Housekeeping. Knock, knock, housekeeping. Do not disturb. I have some blankets for you. It's been four hours, but I brought you some blankets. So you may have noticed at the beginning of this week's episode and also at the beginning of last week's episode, there was a Leal trailer for a show called Moonbase Theta Out. This is a show that I have been playing a bit part on for uh, the past year or two. I don't know. I've lost track of time because time is meaningless. The finale of the show is dropping like any day now. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So like the the whole series finale dropping. Wow. So lots of content to catch up on. Really lovely story written by some really lovely folks with a lot of really lovely voice acting in it. So including me, the really lovely Tom. It's me. I'm in it. So yeah. That's yeah. my little piece of housekeeping. You got a piece of housekeeping too. So I house guess to we keep. could call this housekeeping. Um, we are on TikTok. To be clear, we've been on TikTok for a while. <laughs> I just haven't made any content on TikTok. But as of now, I have made a video on TikTok. It's just a little trailer of our show. First of all, you can follow us there. I'm I'm looking forward to making some uh, content about the different things that we talk about on the show. Uh, maybe just some little like garden home cooking content. Garden um, home cooking? Most importantly to me, we currently have five followers. <laughs> 
I would really like to have more followers. Uh, I would like to start getting some traction. I would like to start getting this circulating. We we, we, we do have eight likes hey, on the video, so that's, that's something. something. But if you're on TikTok, please do us a solid. Uh, go find us at No Bad Food Pod and give us a little follow. Give us a little like. Yeah. Maybe even give us a little ooh reshare if you're feeling spicy. Let's see if we can double that. You know, let's get us to yeah. ten. Can we get ten? Think big. Come on. Could we get fifteen? Let's go on a twenty. <gasps> Ooh, baby. Can, can we... I get? Can I get twenty-five? Can I get twenty-five? Twenty-five. Hear me out. What, hear, what if we ten tuple it and go to fifty? Damn. Is that a word? Ten tuplet. It is. Now. I mean, like, and partly this is my job because I need to create more content to attract <laughs> people, right? But like, please just maybe give me a little boost, give me a little encouragement, help, help, help a brother out. Help a brother uh, out. Go follow us on No Bad Food Pod. I think yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. This week we are talking about a herb, a plant, a tasty little green guy, the one, the only, basil. Now, when I say the one, the only, I say it kind of ironically because there are a lot of different kinds of basil, but I feel like when we talk about basil non-specifically, we tend to be referring to, like, Italian basil, you know, Genovese yeah. basil, the the sort of sweeter basil as opposed to the Thai basil that uh, is a little more, like, uh, I guess almost anisey. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to talk about the different kinds of basil. Sure. Let's like get into it a little bit. Like what is basil? Basil, it's an aromatic herb. Mm -hmm. Um, It is used widely in Italian cooking. That's Mm -hmm. probably where it it is most known. Actually, actually, I would say now it's, it's also very widely known for Thai cooking. Yeah. The two largely known strains of basil are Thai basil and Italian basil. Yeah. Italian basil has those big, soft-looking leaves you're probably used to seeing, uh, really shiny, really lush, mm-hmm. smells extremely basil-y, I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, it's got a little bit of a minty thing, a and little. it's got a little bit of a sweet thing, mm-hmm. and it's got a little bit of an, of an anise thing, mm-hmm. um, but it really is just its own thing. It's yeah. a beautiful plant. Yeah. Another beautiful plant is Thai basil, yeah. um, which it's, is it's a little smaller. It's a bit like, stiffer too, right? When, when I see like a Italian basil, the leaves kind of look like clouds, and the Thai basil, they look more like leaves, almost. Yes, yeah, you know I, mean? I think definitely. Like Thai basil, the leaves are a little more erect. They're a little smaller. They're a little thinner. Maybe not thinner. But they're less like, yeah, they're less like bulbous. Yeah, yeah. They're more angular. Um, (laughs) Thai basil, actually Thai and Italian basil can both be purple. They're both purple Mm -hmm. and green varietals. And Thai basil is, has more of that like anise licorice-y flavor. It's a little, I would say it's like a little less, again, round. Like I feel like they taste how they look. Yeah. Well, it's a little spicier too. Yeah. It's, it's it's, It's like just a little more like sharp. Yeah. 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 It's sharp instead of soft. Yeah. And if you go to any like really good pho place, they'll give you Thai basil and cilantro mm-hmm. um, to go in your pho. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're probably familiar with basil in at least one of those two contexts. Uh, the Greeks like to use it a lot, too. I mean, everyone likes to use basil. Like it's it's really it's become kind of a, a pretty widespread herb at this point, you know, like it's everywhere. It's delicious. So of course it's everywhere. I was curious about where the name basil came from because I, this is a weird way for me to have become curious about this, but I'm in a Facebook group where people post, I think the group is called what projection is this? <laughs> and they post like shitty maps Okay. or no, you know, I'm in a few different shitty map groups. That's it. Uh, I think this one was just called guess the map. 
And it was a map of Italy where everything was red except one specific place that was gray. And so I went on Google Maps and I'm like, oh, what is that one specific place? Like try to figure out what this map is supposed to be showing, right? And the one specific place was a place called Basilicata. My dumb ass forgot that like, you know, a basilica is like a church thing. So I was just like, maybe this is where the basil comes from. And obviously that was not the case, but that got me thinking like, what is the connection there etymologically, right? Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm still not sure why that place was set aside on that map. I I lost the thread. (laughs) Um, The closest I could find was that it was uh, basically most people who live there historically lived in caves rather than like anywhere else just because it's a pretty cavey area uh, and also lots of Jews there okay. uh, but like I don't know necessarily that that's the distinction mm-hmm. it's just all I could really find out about the place but anyway back to Basil I went digging to try to figure out like okay like where does the name Basil come from and it is actually like in both Latin and Greek there are uh, connections to it so okay. uh, it comes from the Latin Basileus Basileus probably I don't speak Latin, uh, and the Greek basilicon, both of which mean like like a royal or kingly plant. Yeah. So like okay. like a regal plant. I'm with that. Yeah. I'm there for that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It tastes good. It smells, smells good. Really good. It's got really like good medicinal properties. Yeah. Well, and that's um, it actually. That is where it gets that name from because it was used in perfumes and medicines. Okay. Uh, so like for its smell, for its like healing properties. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it actually has healing properties, but well, like... Basil is in the Lamiaceae family, which is mint, dead nettle, sage. Uh, lots of culinary herbs are in this family. Mint, oh. rosemary, sage, savory, marjoram, oregano, hyssop, thyme, lavender. And these are all plants that have uh, really good really good antiviral properties, really good like like mint, you know, is excellent for the digestion. Sure, basil okay. is also really good for digestion. Huh. There's also Tulsi or holy basil, but actually that's, it's also Lamiaceae, but it's not like specifically related to Genovese or um, Thai basil. Interesting. They're just in the same kind of family. So yeah, basil can be antimicrobial. It can be good for supporting cardiovascular health. Uh, and it just has like a, t- like, I feel like a lot of these plants, they're just like, they have a lot of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. Right. And like, yes, back in the day, we didn't necessarily know that, that like, that was what was in it. But you can still know like, oh, this plant, like if you eat a lot of this plant, you're healthy, right? Right. Yeah. So you mentioned holy basil or Tulsi basil a yeah. minute ago. Tell me about this because I didn't know that Tulsi was anything other than the name of that one politician. So Tulsi is the plant that's growing on the windowsill on our sun porch that you thought was mint and ate some. And then you were like, oh, this doesn't taste like mint. Oh. Yeah. And okay. I'm growing it actually just a little shout out. I started growing it because my bestie Shivani Bhatia started a business called uh, Tulsi Strategies this year. That's full spectrum equity, diversity, education and consulting. So go check that out. But I grew that plant like so that it could grow with the business. Sure, essentially, yeah, And yeah. it just put out its first blossom. Uh, this week, which was like very much anyway, it's just been very cute. But like it's native to like India, Southeast Asia, just mm-hmm. like all basil is actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tulsi is a perennial in those areas, like in a- areas that it's happy. Okay. Um, as opposed to like Genovese and Thai basil can come back for a couple of years, but they're not like true perennials. Uh, and it has been used just like tons in Ayurveda. It's like one of the like 
top herbs okay. in Ayurveda. Um, it's holy in Hinduism. That's why it's called holy basil. It's an ad- adaptogen. We were just talking about this before uh, mm-hmm. the show, which means it really helps the body process stress. It really can help you relax and recover and yeah it's just like it's a really lovely herb it's uh often taken as a tea and it's you know you can get essential oil from it uh you can also just eat it which is what Mm -hmm. i tend to do i just take off a little snip of herbs and and chew on them and they're yummy they're spicier Mm -hmm. um it's definitely a spicier basil is this the one that i put it into a salad thinking it was mint once and then it was actually more like a basil and i got a little thrown off, but it was still tasty. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so yeah, that's that's Tulsi. Sorry. This is a very, like, I was not prepared for the holy basil segment, um, but I do really like holy basil. Uh, I think it is a really lovely plant. It smells really beautiful. You can grow it as a house plant. And if you just, like, eat it frequently, it's uh, yummy. It's also often used in Thai cuisine as well. Okay, okay. So it's not Thai basil, but it is often used as well because it's another herb that's in Lamiaceae. It's minty. It's fresh. Sure, yeah. Yeah, in digging around a little bit, speaking of holy things, uh, in preparation for this episode, I found out that uh, St. John the Baptist, okay. who uh, our Quebecois listeners might know about, uh, <laughs> given that he is our patron saint or whatever, on his religious holiday in Portugal, they give a little pot of basil as a gift, along with uh, like poems and and paper mm-hmm. flowers to loved ones. Okay. So Saint John the Baptist is kind of their Valentine's Day almost, so John, but specifically in relation to basil. John the Baptist got beheaded, right? That's how he died. I think so. Okay, so there's this poem that's based on. Uh, part of Ovid, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Isabella and the Pot of Basil. Yep. Isabella or the Pot of Basil? Keats. Yeah, yeah. No, it's adapted from the Decameron, not from not from Ovid, from Boccaccio's Decameron. And it tells a story of a young woman whose family wants her to marry a rich guy, but she falls in love with one of her brother's employees. Instead, her brothers ma- murder him and bury his body. His ghost comes to Isabella and tells her about it, and she goes... Exhumes his body, cuts off the head, buries it in a pot of basil, mm-hmm. and tends to this pot of basil, like, obsessively carrying it around while she pines away to nothing. Uh, and there's a recurring line that's, oh, cruelty, oh, cruelty, to take my basil pot away from me. I have, I love this poem. I love poems. I'm not, like, a huge romantics, long, long, epic poems kind of person. Sure. But I do really appreciate the unhinged <laughs> Um, that often happens in sure. romantic poetry. And I just, I really, I really vibe with someone obsessively tending to their potted plant while pining away. I'm actually working right now on an art quilt uh, based on Isabella. Um, I, I, I'm, I breathe a sigh of relief that <laughs> that's how that sentence ended. Cause, uh, I'm I, not tending to my lover's head. No, I, I thought you were going to say I'm really, I'm, I'm working on a basil plant right now and I'm going to, cut off Tom's head and pop it in there. I do have a beautiful basil plant on the balcony, but you your do. head, do you know how big a pot would have to be to fit your head in it? Listen, folks, you got to support <laughs> us on Patreon so Teffer can put my head in a pot. We can't afford one otherwise. But I think that's very fascinating with it being connected to John the Baptist, yeah. who also got his head cut off. I want to make sure John the Baptist got his head cut he off. Did. He, he did. He did. Salome got his head cut off, remember? I don't remember. It's the whole story of Salome. So like... I believe you. It's like Herod's wife uh, wants John the Baptist dead, 
and she gets her like daughter or I don't know I can't remember it's very weird but she like gets her to do a sexy dance for Herod and like get him to be like anything you want I'll give to you um, and she's like, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And so they do that. And then she's all torn up because she's just like a kid who got manipulated <laughs> into political schemes. Um, and it's very sad. But yeah, I feel like there Here are some go. parallels, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think. Maybe John the Baptist was actually named Lorenzo. Maybe the real no bad food was the John the Baptist we beheaded along the way. Basil, uh, fun fact, loves gray matter as a... <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick trip over to the mid-rolls so that you can learn all about the ways that you can support us and buy us a pot. If you're enjoying the show so far, bless you. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of Augie Doggy, which is almost over, folks, if you want to get in on the Augie Doggy action, uh, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, but you can maybe turn a head into basil. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. It's true, folks. It's true. And speaking of Augie Doggy almost being over, we're going out of Augie Doggy in style and going into September with a brand new edition of the No Bad Food Recipe Club coming out at the end of this week. So, uh... If you're not already following our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today and sign up for as little as one dollier per month. That's the way to get access to the Recipe Club. It's our sort of pseudo newsletter that goes out over Patreon. Uh, you'll also get access to our Discord server where we post about it and post about episodes and chat about food and post pictures of food. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to kind of stay in touch with the community over here. Yeah, it's a good fun time. Food is about community and that's mm-hmm. where ours lives. Exactly. Uh, I also have a plan to give one of my favorite recipes out in Recipe Club this, uh, this month. So uh, keep an eye out. Yeah. It's a family recipe. It's Ooh. a yummy recipe. Ooh. I don't know what it is yet, so I'm excited. While we're at it, um, there is another show that's going to be dropping in September, I think late September, uh, that I have been voice acting on, which is a really fun change for me. I've never done a <laughs> drama podcast before. I've only done this kind of impromptu nonsense. And uh, so I've been voice acting on uh, Vincent Lauzon's Oniric. Uh, I said that very Irish, Oniric, which means pertaining to dreams. It is a real trippy little romp. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. It's very nerdy in a lot of ways. uh, And I've really enjoyed being on it. So yeah, go ahead. There's a trailer you can find. We'll play it at the end of this episode. You can find it on uh, Instagram at Oniric Podcast. That's O-N-E-I-R-I-C Podcast. All right, let's get back to Basil. So we talked a little about like what Basil is, where Basil come from, why we call it Basil, why we love Basil. How do you like your Basil? What do you put it on? What's your like uh, optimal Basil configuration? You know, your your OBC. Ooh, 
I got two that come to mind immediately. The sure. first, which I can't believe we actually really haven't done much of this summer yet, mm. is a sliced tomato, sliced buffala mozzarella, and balsamic oil and basil. Mm-hmm. Um, a little caprese. Yeah. Uh, my nice little twist on caprese that I like to do, uh, which we put out on our bookmarks. If you've ever received a no bad food bookmark, you have mm-hmm. this recipe. Mm-hmm. Is that you get like little cocktail boncacini and you get little like um, small tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, and you spear them on a toothpick with basil leaves. And mm-hmm. there's just something about that bite. Yeah. That that tomato cheese basil bite. The basil really is really, really important in there. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Everybody um, loves a bite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now I'm thinking I'm going to make myself. We don't have fresh mozzarella, but I can do uh, tomato and basil tomorrow. For Man, fun. if only one of us worked somewhere that sells fresh mozzarella. No, no, no. I mean, please, to to please, please bring some home. Yeah. But you're, you're crazy if you think I'm not going to have a tomato salad before you get home. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Just if you wait until like four, I can bring... I can bring the fior de latte home. We have you know? literally so many tomatoes sure. and so much basil. My oh. basil plant is so happy. This is the first year I have not killed basil. <laughs> this is the first year that my basil is flourishing. Speaking of um, caprese salads, so the the fresh mozzarella that we get at work that we yeah. sell uh, in Italian, it's called fior di latte, mm-hmm. which literally translates to the flower of milk. Now, a sane person translating that into English and putting it on the container would just write like fresh mozzarella. Right. You know, because that's what we call it in English. Yeah. Uh, but the company we get it from, the importers we get it from, have it translated to flower of milk. Beautiful. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. Flower of milk indeed. Flower of milk indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I love a caprese salad. There's uh, there's really, there's nothing quite as like simple and fresh as basil, yeah. tomato, and cheese together. It's absolutely you know? beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I make a, a nice kind of sandwich variation on that at work where uh, we swap out the basil for our house pesto, which is made with this basil. And then we do, yeah, uh, you know, fresh mozzarella, sliced tomatoes, and uh, like a balsamic glaze and salt and pepper. Yeah. Uh, and I had these pickled blueberries that I was putting on it for a little pickled while. Pickled blueberries? They were really you good. You never brought pickled blueberries home. I mean, they're a sandwich topping. They're not like a snacky thing. I suppose they could be a sandwich top, a snacky you. thing. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. I was actually about to say, like, another really nice way to eat that is, like, toast some sourdough, mm-hmm. maybe brush it with some olive oil and just pile it, pile it all on there. Pile it on there. Pile it on there. John the Baptist did on there. That's it. Like, I think that for me is, like, maybe one of the best expressions of basil yeah. is, is a caprese but also that just kind of brings me to pesto, which like... Which was my second option. Yeah. That was the second thing yeah. I was going to say. So like we've probably talked about this, but like growing up, like we made our pesto, right? Because mm-hmm. we did that stuff. I didn't know sure. you could buy pesto in a jar, I think, until college. I literally thought it was just something you made and it was like a special secret my family knew. Like, <laughs> To be fair, I think the first time that I remember like experiencing jarred pesto from a store yeah i was a teenager but like but like pesto is is it so your pesto like the pesto at work that is the closest i've ever had to like the pesto i grew up on Mm -hmm. um and it's just i mean the thing with making your own pesto is you adjust it as you go so you make it exactly how you want it but for me pesto is just basil some kind of nut it doesn't have to be pine nuts because they're really expensive yeah i love pine nuts but it doesn't have to be pine nuts um olive oil garlic and cheese sure and like uh, maybe some salt people add lemon juice but i don't 
like that. You looked horrified when I said salt. Well, I looked horrified when you said maybe some salt because I think everything deserves a little salt. Well, the parm has a lot of salt in it. That's so true. you just kind of yeah. adjust it according to what your cheese is doing. Sure. But like yeah, also yeah. if you salt the leaves first, they break down more easily. Mm-hmm. Like if you add your oil and salt to the leaves, they, they break down. So yeah. pesto was like we made it in the summer when we had fresh basil and then when it ran out, it was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd freeze it. And like pesto with penne is mm-hmm. like it was like my favorite thing. Sure. It was such a treat. Yeah. In retrospect, I can see how it was also an extremely cheap meal. <laughs> uh, and still is an extremely sure. cheap meal. Although, I mean, if you grow your own pesto, if you grow your own basil. Um, yeah. Or get a big bundle of it from the market, which sure. you should do. Although I will say, um, like, when I, whenever... So we sell our pesto at the store yeah. by the jar, right? And it's and beautiful. They're, like, they're little jars. It's like maybe a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're $14. Mm-hmm. And I've had customers be like, $14 for this this amount of pesto. But it's like a spoonful of that is enough for like a serving. You know, yeah, like you, yeah. you don't need a, as much as you need with like a tomato sauce. Yeah, you really don't need very much at all. Yeah, so $14 goes a really fucking long way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we've always ended up with like pesto left in the jar for ages yeah like we don't go through it very fast no that's it um and it's beautiful and i just i love pesto uh if you love pesto if you don't love i don't care if you love pesto or don't love pesto watch salt fat acid heat Mm. by samin nasrad it's on netflix i can't remember i think the pesto portion is in the salt episode Mm -hmm. but i can't remember it might be in the fat episode it could easily be in the fat episode as well but just watch it because you have samin with a little old nona just like hand grinding her pesto and it's absolutely beautiful and it's just exactly what it should be mm-hmm. and then like listen just once like there's no shame in buying things pre-made no god knows no. i do it all the time it's extremely helpful yeah but just once in your life you should make your own pesto yeah because it's lovely and when i say make your own pesto i don't mean make kale pesto or whatever cuisine art is suggesting right now i mean get some basil get some cheese get some nuts get Mm -hmm. some olive oil Mm -hmm. get some garlic do it in a mortar and pestle if you have one big enough or but like honestly you can do it in your food processor that's a Mm -hmm. lot easier um that's how we always did it that's the thing (laughs) and like you deserve one you deserve to feel satisfied with having done that yeah right because there is something really satisfying oh, about making so so satisfying and two you deserve to enjoy the smell of yes. basil in all of those forms right yes you get a little bundle of fresh basil from the store it smells awesome you bring it into your house your kitchen's going to smell like fresh basil for a bit you start chopping it up you start getting it all together in the blender it's going to already be releasing mm-hmm. a little bit more of that smell you blend everything together it's going to smell heavenly right and your hands are gonna smell like basil for like 24 hours that's it yeah yeah you deserve that and basil is just the fragrance is everything it's i really it might be my i I think it's my favorite herb sure there's really just nothing else like it like it's absolutely beautiful so yeah just do that for yourself like yeah it is really like there are ways to do it but like the way i was taught the way your your nona's gonna make it like Nobody's measuring. Oh, God. Nobody's measuring. There's a process that makes it easier to put everything together. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's what what my mime would always say. You try to get a recipe out of my mime or my pipi. My pipi especially because he was the one who cooked more. And he'd be like, oh, you know, you take your flour and you take your eggs and you take your water and, like, you mix them. And, like, that's how he would give you a recipe. 
And I really think that if you weren't taught that way, it can be hard to pick up. It can mm-hmm. be stressful to pick sure. up. Yeah. But pesto is a really good place to play with it. Yeah. So like even if you start with a recipe, give yourself a little leeway. Throw mm-hmm. in a little more, throw in a little less, adjust it according to, to what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't do nuts, um, you can do pesto with sunflower seeds. It works. Yeah, totally. Uh, like... There's just a lot of different ways. You can make um, pesto without cheese as well. I've never done it, but like mm. you can make it dairy-free. You can sure. make it vegan. I think yeah. you use nutritional yeast. That's usually what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like there's there's a lot of workarounds for it because it's simple. Yeah. And because the main thing is the basil, you know, the basil is the star there. So you're just adding things into that pesto that give it a little more body and yeah. a little bit of like support. I, however, have a rule mm-hmm. about pesto. Mm-hmm. What really grinds my gears, mm-hmm. what really grinds my pine nuts is when I get a jar of basil, I mean a jar of pesto, or I get pesto in a restaurant or something, and there's little flecks of basil. You can still see little flecks of leaf. Oh. Because it, or like sometimes you get it, there's like a brand that has it like this, and it's always like you can see there's bits of leaf suspended in olive oil. Mm. No. That is not emulsified. Mm. Pesto is supposed to be emulsified. Right. Pesto is supposed to be thick and creamy, mm. and it's supposed to just look like green goo. Yeah. It's supposed to look like pale green goo. It is not, you're not supposed to be able to see the leaves. Um, that means it is incompletely blended. Yeah. It is not pestoed enough. Uh, and honestly, the gall. Yeah. Like, you know in the factory they're doing it in huge blenders. Yeah. So, like, what is your excuse? Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting mayonnaise and having, like, little wanna, bits I, of egg floating no, in no, oil you no, know it's no, but that's exactly that. it it's know, not properly emulsified it is yeah. not correct no but that's so much worse <laughs> i know <laughs> so much worse you. <laughs> so that's my that's my one that is my one like hill i will die on with pesto is sure. it should be creamy sure yeah. oh god i don't oof i really don't like thinking about like chunks of egg floating in the top of the nobody <sighs> does Oh my god. Okay, do you have any other like uses for basil that you love outside of like pesto and caprese salads? Cuz this is where it starts to break down for me cuz I put it in fucking everything. Yeah. But off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else where it feels like a basil forward dish. Pasta sauce needs to have basil. Sure. Uh that rounds it out. But is that basil Fa. forward? You know what I mean? Like I'm having trouble finding anywhere else where basil is the star ingredient as opposed to just like an important member of the cast. I think Basil's always a star. But like like a lead as opposed to a like recurring character, you know? Like we clap for Kramer, but is Kramer the star? Kramer is the Basil of Seinfeld. Shit, Basil's the Kramer of the Spice World. Basil is like Mercedes. Like she's the star in everything. People give all the credit to tomatoes, but Basil's the star. Hmm. That's what makes marinara taste like marinara. You just stew some tomatoes. They don't taste like marinara. Mm-hmm. Throw some basil in there and some oregano too. Sure. You have marinara. Mm. I also just like to just like eat basil like a little goat. I like to stand on a slightly inclined wall <laughs> with my little feet, munch yeah. on some basil. With basil, as with a lot of uh, uh, annual plants, you need to pinch off the flowers before they bloom because mm-hmm. when the flower blooms, it will die. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, the plant will die. Yeah. Um, it's called deadheading. So when I go out on the balcony, I always check all the herbs to see if they're blooming. And I like pinch off their little blooms and eat them. I think yeah. we talked about this in the edible flowers episode. Yeah. yeah and yeah. with basil, oof, it's so nice. Uh, 
it's just like it's like an absolute bomb it's spicier it's so so intense and um it's really nice also in we didn't talk about the world of drinks but i think we need to talk about Mm. the world of drinks because basil that is a place that basil can be a really important flavor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in cocktails in mocktails in teas like it can be really lovely recently i had some like tonic and lemon and basil and that was absolutely beautiful you could do that with limoncello if you're the kind of person who drinks limoncello limoncello um limoncello limoncello but it's really it's really really nice and that's um and i like to do something that i've been doing this summer is that i take my little mason jar that i drink my little water out of and before i put the water in i put some ice in the cup and i go out on the balcony and i grab just like a handful of herbs of mm. like whatever's there so i'll get my tulsi and i'll get some regular basil and i'll get some mint and i put it in my jar with my ice and then i just it all together I just like sorry I just shake it all together uh-huh. uh, sometimes I put a lid on the jar so that the ice will like bruise the leaves and sure, release yeah, those yeah. oils and then I put my water in it sounds it's really so good lovely. yeah I'm into that yeah basil is one of those things where and you will end up with too much basil if you buy basil to make no pesto you know what I mean though like you'll end up with extra basil no. Because you can't buy herbs in a in a small quantity. But this is what I'm saying, is then you make a lot of pesto and well, then you yeah. have a lot of pesto. Sure, but if you want to use your basil for a little extra stuff, like let's say you've you've you're not making pesto tonight, you just needed basil for something else yeah. and now you're like, Oh crap, I got this big bushel of basil. You put it in your drinks. Or give it to me. I'll take a bushel of basil. Give it to Teffer. Mail it to us. Meh. We don't have a P.O. box anymore, but you can find us. I was thinking about like other non Italian basil dishes right because we have been very italian heavy here which like yeah i mean it's the cuisine we're most familiar with that's it right but even though basil is from india (laughs) yeah yeah. but we personally you know and i i opened up a google search to jog my memory right because i was like give me some like basil chicken dishes i'm sure i've had like you know basil chicken dishes that are good from like thai places and yeah sure enough chili basil lemon mango All of these things go really well. I said basil as a thing that goes well with basil, but damn it, I mean it. Basil goes well with basil. Basil goes great with mango. You can do a mango basil salad. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. That was the one that when I was scrolling and going like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The basil with mango in a curry. Yeah. Also, just like put basil in your fruit salads. This is this is something I feel very strongly about. Put herbs in your fruit salads. Mm-hmm. Basil and mint, you can't go wrong. Uh, you can make herbed rice. Like if you're making Persian herbed rice, um, I really like to do it around like the, uh, the, the summer solstice, like to celebrate high summer. Nice, nice. But you can do, so like traditionally you wouldn't use basil in it. You would use more like mint, dill, parsley. Mm-hmm. But I like to do it with basil. Sure. And the fragrance is beautiful. Yeah, it's why not? It's basmati rice. It's wonderful. There you go. Uh, you can also chop it up super fine, mix it into cream cheese to make like a little basil schmear. Any other kind of creamy thing that you're using, make it into a dip or a mayo or a Just yogurt. Get a get a bushel of basil and scatter it on your bed before a date like rose petals. Yeah, yeah. Take a bushel of it into the shower and use it as an exfoliant when you're in under the shower water and scrub your face with basil. Consider taking a basil bath. Have we reached the end of this? I think we've reached the end of this episode. <laughs> I think we've done it. We've we've figured out every possible use of basil. There are no others. If you have others, you can feel free to send them to us on social media at No Bad Food Pod. Listen, folks. Sometimes we're really on. And sometimes we're really goofy. Listen, there's nothing. And wrong I think with there's that. a really important balance of content. That's the thing. Yeah. You come here for the variety that this show brings, right? We are not 
brilliant academic experts. Speak here. for yourself. We are amateurs in the finest we are sense. Enthusiasts. We are enthusiasts. And uh, you know, I mean, we are also professionals, but like we we are here to share joy of food in ways that celebrate it, right? Exactly. We're we're not here to like always be on a soapbox diatribing about you know the 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 complicated things sometimes we're here to yell basil is yummy for 45 minutes sometimes i'm here to just say i have basil plants this summer i have two of them and i love them yeah that's (laughs) it and and that is the the nature of this show you know there is no bad food there is no bad food only bad people yeah people who don't (laughs) like basil are bad people you heard it here first if you're a good person and you love basil and you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, Aslam, and Anne. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if there's something that you've been like, oh, it'd be really nice if they recorded an episode about that, why don't you give us a dollar and we'll do it, you know? Maybe you want us to record an episode about buffalo mozzarella. Maybe you want us to record an episode about stinky cheese. Maybe you want us to record an episode about chunky mayonnaise. Maybe you want us to record an episode about emulsifiers. <laughs> There's a lot of options. Those four and others at hey, patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. We also have merch. <laughs> if you want to get a little smirch of merch... You can hit the merch link in our description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern. Get yourself a little hat. Get yourself a little shirt. Follow us on TikTok. I was just thinking about, you know, you get those ads for games where it's like very dramatic scene of like a lady who gets a house as inheritance when a family member yeah, dies yeah, yeah, yeah. and she has to merge things and it's like merge mansion. I was thinking about merch mansion. Where we have we, a lady. Gets, <laughs> her grandfather was a podcaster and she inherits his house. And it's just full of merch. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, oh no. Our grandchildren won't get anything. <laughs> They'll just get our studio. It's depressing. I have so many craft materials. Wow, humble brag. I have two looms. They'll inherit two looms. Two looms. And a folks. sewing machine. Tombs, if you will. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend and by following us on TikTok at No Bad Food Pod. Do it. Let's hit the 10 today, folks. Let's hit the 10. Let's hit 10. Woo! Speaking of hitting the 10s, our theme music is by 10 out of 10 Zach Aromatic Ingles, and our cover art is by David Flower of Milk Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni. Me. And by Tefra Jemian. You. And edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Podcaver Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next month. Bless hey, you. hey, between now and next episode, it's my birthday, okay? <gasps> it's true. Give so us money. Give us birthday present for me. Bye. Understand. It just takes a little time. It takes.
No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. This thing on? Yes. Oniric. Notes to Oniric, Day 1. By Tefer Troy, Doctoral Candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Université de Montréal, October 12, 683. Oniric. Hello, Deirdre. I hope you're well. I'm recording this now because today's a big day. I'm meeting with a talking wolf after lunch. I'm a bit nervous about it. Oniric, a flame that rides the winds of words. A flame that seeks a single torch. The torch burns bright. The torch burns out. The flame remains and rides anew. Oniric, it's a dream quest. It's a grail quest. It's a fever dream. Quest. Oniric. Just say hi. Please. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. For fuck's sake. Hi, Deirdre. Hope you're well. You're well rid of this idiot. Oniric. Coming fall 2023. In the Podcaver. And wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>